0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, March 7th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. The president's newly revised executive order banning travel from several majority Muslim countries is better on policy, slightly, and better legally, slightly, but still suffers from many of the same fatal flaws. Alex Narasta, immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute, explains. Facing a court challenge, Donald Trump withdrew his ori- original uh, executive order, uh, banning travel to the United States from seven majority Muslim countries. Now, it is six plus
1: part of one, right? That's right. It's six, uh, six countries, uh, Iran, Syria, Yemen, Somalia, Sudan, and Libya. Uh, they dropped from the list of Iraq. Uh, Their claim was that the Iraqi government has improved its security vetting procedures and its security databases to allow the United States to better vet uh, travelers as well as refugees coming from Iraq.
0: Is part of that just the fact that so many people in Iraq did such uh, mighty service to the United States uh, during the Iraq War?
1: Yes, and the American defense establishment knows that. The Department of Defense knows how many of these people, many of them served with them in Iraq for many years, and who they are and, they are and how much they risk their lives and how their lives are in danger uh, in Iraq. So the personal ties in the defense establishment, no doubt, uh, helped convince the Trump White House that banning Iraqis was not a good move. What other changes are there? Uh, The other changes are fairly minor, Um, changes in terms of timing, how long certain countries are on these lists, Um, changes in terms of if you already have your visa or your green card, then you are allowed to come to the United States. It is just a ban on the issuance of those going forward for a certain period of time. Because if you recall, for the last issuance of the executive order, it affected people who were in transit to the United States, saying that they were blocked. So, this is a much sort of smoother, clearer rollout that is consistent with the rest of American norms and traditions of enforcing laws. How does this
0: uh, deal with the problem, uh, if you want to look at it that way, of the Immigration Act from the 60s?
1: So, it doesn't really address that at all. It just assumes that the executive order is lawful, and the president has the power, based on the 1952 Act, uh, Immigration Nationality Act. Uh, there is a lot of evidence, as my colleague David Beer has written, that the immigration act of 1965, however, contains a provision preventing the president from discriminating based on national origin. So, that issue has not been resolved at all, and that will still continue to be a court battle.
0: And court cases... Uh- Presumably, because uh, he withdrew the order. Some court cases were rendered null and void, but has at new action already begun?
1: Uh, new action. New court cases have not been filed yet, but they sh- will uh, very rapidly. The problem, of course, is finding people uh, who are aggrieved in the United States by this. Uh, and they'll be able to find some who have standing, who have been hurt. Um, but it was a lot easier last time because you had people who already had their visas who are being blocked at uh, the borders or had their green cards and they were overseas from one of these countries. So, those types of problems have been eliminated with this executive order, but the other ones remain and will be litigated shortly.
0: There are nearly two dozen steps for somebody who is a refugee to get to the United States and be accepted into the United States. How does this affect somebody who was it at, say, step
1: So, the refugee process was halted temporarily after 9-11 to make sure there was more vetting, sort of a similar process. And it took years, um, almost a decade, to get up to the pre-9-11 annual numbers for the process to recover enough that the annual number of people was up to where... It was prior to 9 11. So we can suspect that it will take many, many years after the refugee portion of this goes into effect for it to reach up to the 50,000 maximum that is supposed to be, um, according to the new executive order. I mean, recall in 2017. One of the last actions of the Obama administration was that we were going to accept 110,000 refugees. This executive order lowers that to 50,000 annually, while halting the process temporarily and putting in place more vetting. So we're going to have, one, a decrease in the total numbers and an increase in the uh, bureaucracy and administration.
0: All right. so presumably if if lawsuits uh, are proceeding, Uh, that we could see some decisions. Would those decisions issued by courts largely be for the same reasons that they were issued, like in, uh, in California? uh, earlier, last month?
1: Uh, Very similar, because the intent of this, I mean, the statements in support of this type of ban or this type of executive order before uh, still stand, Uh, that it's sort of a Muslim order, that it's intending to block certain people due to certain religious beliefs, etc. That's still all out there. That's still going to be relevant. The issue about whether this violates the Immigration Act of 1965 is still relevant. The only thing that really is affected by this is that you have current people in the U.S. who have green cards or visas who are not affected by this anymore. So, it's going to be harder to find people who have standing. um, But given the breadth of this, um, they will be able to find some. It's just going to be harder.
0: What has the Trump administration's Department of Homeland Security said about uh, these countries in
1: question? So there was an intelligence assessment that was done about the uh, risks of terrorism from foreign-born folks on U.S. soil, and what they found is that the typical person who sort of radicalizes and is either indicted or killed or tries to travel abroad and t- for, uh, to commit terrorism uh, has lived in the United States for over a decade and entered when they were a minor. So, this type of security ban or this type of immigration ban or extreme vetting uh, put in place will really do nothing to address those types of concerns.
0: I can remember uh, Donald Trump doing an interview during the campaign, and he said, we need to stop uh, allowing people from certain countries into the United States. And I think his line was, until we figure out what's going on. So, what are the justifications that he's offered since then uh, uh, for maintaining this travel ban for countries that haven't produced anybody who's uh, committed a terrorist act in the United States for a very
1: long time. That's right. He uh, uses specifically in the executive order the example of two Iraqi refugees uh, by the names of Alwan and Hamadi. They came to the United States in 2009, and they eventually settled in Bowling Green. And uh, this is the origin of the infamous Bowling Green Massacre that didn't happen. So these two folks, uh, due to FBI sting operations, uh, thought they were sending tens of thousands of dollars to uh, Iraqi insurgents to kill Americans overseas. They also thought they were sending them weapons, such as stinker missiles and machine guns to these folks overseas. And they were eventually arrested in 2011 um, and pled guilty to numerous charges of trying to commit terrorism abroad or trying to give material support to terrorists abroad to kill Americans overseas. They were not charged with a single terrorist offense of trying to commit an attack domestically. All the U.S. attorneys involved say that all of the charges, none of them, have to do with planning a terrorist attack domestically. However, President Trump used those two examples, uh, those two individuals, as an example and a reason for why this ban is important for increasing security domestically. Even though neither of those individuals were had planned or were involved in trying to carry out a domestic terror attack. They were all trying just to help foreign-born terrorists. One of the arguments used during the first iteration of the executive order is that these seven countries were chosen Uh, in American law already, and Donald Trump was merely using the existing list as a template for the countries going forward. He wasn't picking any majority Muslim countries out of any kind of animus or anything else. Well, in the second iteration of the executive order, he dropped one of those countries. He dropped Iraq, because supposedly, Iraq has improved its security procedures. But that definitely destroys the argument that he's using pre-existing lists because he's picking and choosing from these lists which countries to include on his ban.
0: Alex Narasta is an immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate this podcast at iTunes and Google Play, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.